Smart Podcast. This is Brother Wolf. I'm joined by YMB Collins here. And we're going to get started today with, uh, first of all, there's a new movie that's coming out called Extraction 2. So me and my brother, we normally, when we see, a, you know, something like a movie or a TV series, we like to get the start going. We like to go ahead and look at where did it come from before we go ahead and break into the new one. It makes sense, right? Follow through, understand where it came from, what's important. Make sure we have the context clues necessary to understand what we're getting into. Plus, the chief action officer on Netflix told me to watch it. <laughs> so, yeah, like I was saying, oh, we decided my. to check out the first extraction when we went ahead and uh, uh, saw that. <laughs> and we're probably going to do a follow-up on this. Uh, when we, Not, not when probably. We, we're going to do a follow-up. <laughs> when we finish watching Extraction 2. But uh, the first one, Extraction, we just finished seeing and me and my brother, we have our takes on it. It is uh, one of the top 10 movies right now on Netflix. Extraction 2 is also one of the top 10. What's movies. today's date so that way we can have a current? Uh, today is 6-25-2023. Which means, shout out to Rev Ross. Uh, he unfortunately had to work, but happy birthday, Rev Ross. We love you, brother. Definitely happy birthday, brother. But uh, continuing on, so... I decided to show my brother this movie because I liked it. And I said, it's action-packed. It's old-school action like me and my brother used to like back in the day. Think Rambo, Die Hard, Predator, you know, that kind of line of movie. So, brother, um, I'll go ahead and ask you, what, what are your general first thoughts? And then we'll go ahead and break down the, the smaller parts to it. So do you want me to, like, give the movie a rating or... Well, not let's go Cisco and Ebert it, you know. Thumbs down. Thumbs down? Really? Thumbs down. This is one of those I have to quote uh, Rev Ross with spills. If it weren't for you, I would not have enjoyed this movie. Wow. It was because I had someone here to laugh at some of the foolishness. And that, tomfoolery. <laughs> and I just, say it with me. The foolishness and fuckery is what made it worthwhile. <laughs> like, <clears throat> you know how some movie theaters you don't want to go into because you know people are going to talk during the movie? Mm -hmm. And you know how some movie theaters you want to go through because they're going <laughs> to talk through? I.e. the blackening, which is uh, out in movie theaters right now. <laughs> and yes, I plan to see it in theaters. <laughs> but the, the point I'm getting at is that there's a certain level of suspension of disbelief that happens when you watch a movie yes absolutely and they had a good part at first and then it just kept going so sideways i was just like come on man really you know what i mean i mean i think it's the general uh th I, my mine is of course a thumbs up for it but i think it's the general uh the general thought that uh in all of these kind of action movies uh the hero is incredibly lucky <laughs> <laughs> like shout out to nerd explains he'll go ahead and have why your favorite heroes will xyz and it just makes sense um i'm gonna go ahead and take more of the spills rating and go ahead and say like this is uh a watch on netflix with friends thing this is a great time killer yeah. but if you're looking to go ahead and be titillated or intellectually uh, oh it's not intellectually stimulating at all <laughs> and i mean how much of the stuff was i guessing before it happened yeah, yeah, you're, it, it, you're right. It, it was very Hollywood. And that's the problem is that my initial thought was the fact that, so spoiler alert, spoiler mm -hmm. alert, mm -hmm. uh, 
the majority of the movie is not taking place in the U.S. in any fashion whatsoever. No, correct. It's uh, split in between um, Bangladesh and uh, India, and actually the majority of it is in uh, Bangladesh, uh, Dhaka. So, yeah, it's one of those things where, okay, cool. Uh, Of the last 10 years, what's one of your favorite action movies? Um, That doesn't or does include zombies. Touche, either. Uh, I'm going to say a favorite uh, that uh, I'm going to say probably, um, hmm, you are definitely going to hate me for this, but. uh, Does it involve Journey? No. Okay. Uh, uh, Army of the Dead, I'm going to say is one of my favorite ones before this. And the thing is, is because you don't really get a lot of really solid, good action movies anymore. I, well, I don't know. Well, you know what the problem is, too? What I was going to get at is, in it's probably more than 10 movies, uh, 10 years ago, I really, really liked when we had a glut of foreign films coming through and they were being uh, higher budget and worthwhile. Like, I'll watch a Donnie Yen movie in, in no time because I know I'll have the action and it'll be, be believable. He won't come out unscathed, you know what I mean? He'll go ahead and take his lumps and bruises. The Tony Yap movies, Protector, Ong Bak, I was loving that. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think those are all, like, even IP, man. I think by now we're we're at least 10 years out from all of that stuff. Yeah, now. so it's one of those, you're right, that we don't have that as an option. But, like, I love the, the District 13 movie, you know what I mean? With the, the parkour and all the foolishness that goes with it. I believe... Besides John Wick, there's nothing that comes to my... Well, excuse me. I'm going to say this. Fuck Sisu. I have zero interest in seeing that movie. I don't know anybody who's watched that movie. <laughs> Actually, you brought up a good point. John Wick probably would be higher on... I, I'd say John Wick 3 probably would be higher on my list. And I've seen all four of them now than on yeah. the Army of Dead. Also, would you consider the Marvel movies action in any capacity also? <laughs> That is true. That is true. So I'd have to, if, if uh, in that case, then um, I'm going to say it would probably be uh, Infinity uh, Endgame. I'm going to say it would probably be Avengers Endgame. And see, the funny part is the the end, the end fight, that was a buildup. You were ready for that, this, that, and the third. But so much of it was time and space manipulation and, and theory and thinking about it. It didn't feel like an action movie. They had elements of action, but not right. an action movie. Like, it was definitely high on the drama scale, and I think that's what makes it hard to differentiate it between an action movie and, you know, I, I don't know what you a superhero blockbuster. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the the thing that I liked about this movie and uh, it, it, that I'll tell you is it feels like, Yes, at the beginning, it kind of was a little slow to build up. But once it gets going, it doesn't stop. And I actually like that in action. No, no, no. There was there was a bridge in the action. There was there was a bridge. When uh, Brad said it best, Brad, the Goonies from hell. <laughs> and then when he went to Gasper's house, yeah, that, that, was, that was a definitive break in the action. To go ahead and reconvene, figure out what's going on, let you gain your bearings. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I just, I don't. I, I don't 
feel as though it was a, a strong one, but yeah, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, is that they they did have certain breaks here and there, but I I just felt as though like uh, it it's one of those movies personally. Uh, for you, uh, apparently, it would be different. But personally, I could watch that movie at like maybe around one a.m. and it would keep me up until three because I'd be wanting to know from about one thirty until three o'clock what exactly every moment about what happens next, what happens next, what happens next for me. Fair enough. And like I said, I was predicting many parts of the plot as it went through, because uh, like I said, spoiler alert. So if you're gonna be mad that we spoiled it. Don't listen to this. Right. I mean, it's also... Well, listen to it after you watch it. Also, Extraction came out in 2020? Yeah, correct. The first one came out in 2020. So, yeah, that's the one we we're really talking about. really shouldn't be sparling that much right now. You know? Uh, for me, I was really concerned and confused at suspension of disbelief, number one. And number two... Remember when we used to argue about Samurai Shampoo, and I honestly thought the 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 film was tenuous at best. Oh, excuse me, the, the series was tenuous at best. I didn't believe uh, Mugen and Jin had any reason to follow Fu, any reason. Well, I think you you didn't like either the character of um, Mugen or Fu. I think the only character from Shampoo that you liked was Jin. That that is correct. But like I said, the reason for following was so tenuous; it it wasn't believable. Right, I I I get you. And in Shamarai Shampoo is really one of those series that has to kind of grow on you. I know what my brother would say would be the music probably is what engrosses you into the series more than anything else. Like without its music, it probably loses a lot of its flow. Like I'll put it easier. So as much as I'm a Cowboy Bebop fan, the Bebop is manned by Jet Black. And Spike Spiegel, right? Mm-hmm. They're a partnership. They're doing the damn thing. They get the data dog, and he's part of it. And Ayn just joins because Ayn is whimsical. I get that. I have no problem with that. Faye's joining is because she had no other better options. And when she got one, she left. It made sense. Shampoo did not make fucking sense whatsoever. None whatsoever. And my concern is... Uh, uh, Brad did not have a reason to do the things he was doing except some uh, tough guy sense of honor code well, nonsense owed to his son. Boy. Yeah, it, that's what it really was, was it was a connection with his son. And that's what, I mean, uh, if you've had, a, if you've had a, a child that passed and everything like that, you know that certain things will happen that will make you think about that particular child and it'll make it very hard to do certain decisions, you know. And I, that's something that I kind of got about um, about Tyler uh, in the movie was the fact that uh, Brad. <laughs> oh, we called him Brad, yeah, because he said he doesn't look like a Tyler; he looks like a Brad, <laughs> like which which was funny. But um, yeah, that that's what I think it is: is the fact that that code was there because you know, and and. Nick kind of set him up for that because she should have known this would have hit too close to home. You know, that, that's what I was saying. Like As I said, a just handler, you, you, you need to handle that a little bit better. So, so let's back up for a second. And for those who didn't watch and who might be interested in watching, it is unnecessary action. Uh, it's over the top. So take a pause with what you're doing. Uh, 
you have uh, Crime Lord A and Crime Lord B. Mm-hmm. Crime Lord A is in jail currently, and his son gets taken. By Crime Lord B. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Hemsworth, Brad, and his team are basically getting a wire transfer to go ahead and get extract him. Extraction, that's the name of their movie. Mm-hmm. Extract him, and then they'll go ahead and get a wire transfer of the first and then the final part upon delivery of the young man. Yes. Makes they, sense. They got the first, uh, uh, before the film started, they got the first wire transfer, and then the second transfer was supposed to come through. And things went downhill from there. It was one of those uh, uh, smoking aces. I'm going to let everybody fight it out and go ahead and somebody's going to give it to me for cheap if my guys can't get it on their own uh, volition. Right. Now, one of the things I did like was how some of the characters were introduced because you could feel the... If you're judging a book by its cover they made it apparently clear who was who and why. So, for example, uh, the crime lord B, the one who kidnapped uh, the young boy. The young boy in question, his name is Ovi. Mm. The the guy who's in charge of it, and he, kept, he looks like he's done his fair share of dirt. <laughs> yeah. he, he knows how to uh, launder the money and look clean, but you know he's, uh, <laughs> what, what Mr. Gay said, you get it out the mud? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But his... A uh, swarthy henchman? That dude <laughs> looks like he likes just stomping pigs. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry to tell you, he unalived the kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just how how you just, like, my brother was like, oh, well, yeah, he's going off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they was trying to go ahead and find some money went missing. Yeah, some money went missing. And then he just grabbed one kid and said, <laughs> over the edge with you, threw him off a roof. And I'm like, well. And then after he did that, that's when he asked the first question. Okay, so who stole my money? After one kid already it's just went gone. flying off the roof, just gone. he said, okay, so who stole my money? And I'm like, okay, so he's not the one to mess with. You know what I mean? You're, you're automatically showing that he's the one willing to do the dirt, but he's the one willing to make sure it happens. You know what I mean? And that was like, okay, we know exactly where we stand and why. You know? And um, uh, and Fari, that that was your favorite character from the the whole show. I guess. He's the only one that had sissish. <laughs> so so what ends up happening is if you ever saw Schindler's List, the amount of times when said who did this and they'd point to the dead body to make sure there were no further casualties. Well, when they asked who uh, took the money, they indicated it was the young boy who would already was, you know, yeah. Uh, well, say it right for heat uh, indicated it was the young boy who already flew off the building. No, it, flew is not landed. <laughs> flew is not the right word. He launched Pag McQuack like a motherfucker. So yeah, that oh that, that was um that was what uh, 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 uh what happened, and then you know the crime boss was like, well, he said I uh I need a reminder of the fact that you know somebody has pay a a consequence for taking my money. So he said, you said it was the guy that just flew off the building. Well, if that's the case, then I need you to go ahead and... uh, He he pops a knife knife out, hands it to him. It says... Yeah, I need you to go ahead and cut off two of your fingers so that I always have a reminder that that's what happens to people that take my money. And luckily... (laughs) Clever and lucky, <laughs> for he got uh, saved at the last minute 
by him finding out that the kid was taken back by Tyler and his team. Yeah, yeah the colonel comes out of nowhere and is like, hey, you got, and he's like, you set this up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, it, it, it really is, um, you know, for me, from a certain point, it just felt like a high energy, uh, like, oh, uh, you know what was a good comparison movie to me uh, as far as the high energy for the whole time? You remember that movie in which uh, uh, Jason Staten, I think it was, had... Jason the, who? Uh, the the martial arts guy, Jason... Statham? Statham, sorry. Had the car battery that had to be strapped to his heart because he didn't have a heart or anything like that. I have no clue what you're talking about. I'm a Jason Statham fan. It's a martial arts movie in which... He needed to have some kind of in adrenaline always flowing. Oh, he, uh, it was like a bad version of speed. Yeah. Uh, let me press the buttons and see if I can look it up. Hold on. But my point is, is that movie to me didn't feel like it had a, a, a letdown. It didn't feel like it had a, 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 a major uh, break. Like it had maybe small breaks in the middle, but it didn't feel like it had a major break. It was always action packed. and Crank? Crank, that's the name of it. And uh, it, and I had the same kind of feeling from off of this movie as I, I felt as though it was always action-packed. And so... I can, I can give you that. Like, when you first go ahead and have them trying to escape from the slums, mm -hmm. we find out that the cops are in on it. And so, at this point, uh, Brad can't trust anybody. He's now yeah. got his young charge. He is, as he put it, in survival mode. Remember, he said those words. He said, I'm in survival mode. And he cut now. off the, the comms because he was compromised. Right. So he uh, he's sitting there just trying to go ahead and make through. You know, at one point, it looked like he didn't reload twice, though. Let's be real. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. And then, then I saw him do a, a quick reload. And I'm like, okay. I'll give you that one. All right, you got that one, but a little later he did a full reload too. But um, uh, but yeah, I it was the continuous cut, like I said. But wait, wait, in pause, the middle of the continuous pause because you kept saying that and kept messing with me. Continuous cut or continuous shot? Two different things. Continuous shot. I'm sorry, but uh, what happens is uh, during the continuous shot. Uh, it's when the camera stay it, it doesn't click off like you know how a camera goes scene one, scene two. Yeah, like, there's no jump cuts. It's all one large shot, just like it was done in Creed. Uh, the 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 scene in the Protector where he's going up the stairs, down the stairs. The camera never cuts. It never never shifts away. And I love those scenes in 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 films because it shows that the action is always going on. It's like you know, um, I, I it's I guess it's. Uh, uh, the 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 part of me that like twenty four or something like that because you're always seeing something, you know. Fair enough. And uh, and uh, during those scenes and stuff like that, you get to see like Tyler. Uh, he has one moment where the camera is looking at Tyler, but then he gets involved in a fight, and the camera it doesn't cut off. This is what is the beauty of that kind of scene. It scrolls to the, it pans, and when it pans, it pans to the kid, and the kid is running at this point because Tyler's overwhelmed. He has like three or four guys on him at the time, and so the kid starts running, and the guy starts chasing the kid, and then uh, you follow the kid for a while, and then you see the kid go past, 
And the guy is almost caught the kid. And next thing you know, Tyler comes through and shoots the guy in the face. And, you know, that it, it, that that kind of action is what keeps me engrossed in the film. Fair mm. enough. And I'll give you that one. But uh, <laughs> getting to some of the funny parts, uh, it gets to where they get to a small little warehouse, have a break. The city's not locked down yet, so they're trying to figure out what to go ahead and do. He's recovering because we <laughs> you forget at this point, somebody's been hit by a truck. <laughs> yeah. Actually, both sides got hit by a truck. <laughs> so, yeah, so there, there was uh, people getting hit by a vehicle moving, and all you saw was boots or flying hair. That was it. And the fact that you could feel almost the feeling when he got up off the pavement after getting hit, like, ah. Oh, yeah, no, you were like, oh, it's okay to stay down. I understand. <laughs> like there's certain points at which you be like, you know, kick an old school jar jar. Me, me's a give up. Me's a give up. Me's a give up. <laughs> so <laughs> it gets to the point that a warehouse, they're trying to figure out uh, exfiltration and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, they take a little bit of a rest. He gets some of his wounds taken care of, a little bit of recovery, time to go. Right. All of a sudden, they're jumped by, as he calls it, the Goonies from Hell. <laughs> the Goonies from Hell, yeah, exactly. A bunch of because this is uh, one of these uh, countries like that. A lot of the enemy forces are kids, you know. I'm about to say you recruit from the most available populace, and the most available populace is sometimes kids. And it's one of the reasons why RoboCop Two was my favorite RoboCop because you had the little kid, and RoboCop couldn't do shit to him. Right. And he's like, it's kids. So, like the scene in uh, the the Karate Kid with Jaden and uh, and Jackie, <laughs> mm-hmm. when he takes on the six kids, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Y'all are kids. I'm not trying to hit you. Right. I'm gonna make y'all hit yourselves." <laughs> <laughs> and there was definitely a lot of that going on where Tyler was just like, "Oh, come like, on, I man! Can't, <laughs> I can't deal with this. <laughs> like, like, dude, I'm not trying to hurt you." <laughs> Because <laughs> there were times in which they would go at him full speed, and he'd just kick them so hard. He kicked them through the bike that was behind them into the wall. <laughs> like, oh, the, the one part where he just kept slapping the little boy. <laughs> like, Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Like, I really wanted him to take his belt off at one point. I needed him to Rey Mysterio and Dominic his ass. Just calm your nerves. Calm your nerves. Yeah, definitely. But the part that really scared me, and this is me just... Mm, your your right arm is shredded to shit. You have exactly. you have multiple open contusions and bruises, and I understand you're in survival mode and you got to get away. The choppers are scrambled; they're above head right now. But you're telling me the best option <laughs> is to go into the sewers of a slum, a slum in Bangladesh, where you, as you said. There is poo poo curry. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's dribble booty. You know, everybody just ooh. I oof. Like I, I, one of the scariest things in the Resident Evil Two remake was when you went into the sewer and you know Leon was already messed up and you went into G virus water. Uh, <laughs> just, Nasty. I don't want none of what you got. To, ooh, ooh. You got me sound like Philip Reasons. <laughs> Like, I, <laughs> like you see the alligator down there, and you're like, I don't, I don't know if it survived. <laughs> I hope it didn't. Right. Well, yeah, I was like, oh god, I can only imagine how. And when his friend came to pick him up, who owed him a life debt, he covered his mouth the whole time. 
Like, like, he's like go straight to the shower. Yo, yo, I'm gonna yo. hose you off. <laughs> I'm gonna hose you off outside. <laughs> strip. I'm, I'm not even trying to see him. Just strip. Mm-mm, that's not coming in my house. I get it. And, and here's the other worst part: is this? I understand part of it is that the young man Ovi is supposed to be completely out of his head. He's just a school kid. He doesn't do any of this kind of goofiness. He is the only person at the beginning of the film who does not have blood on his hands. In this entire movie, he's the only person that does not have blood on his hands. And when he gets to the part, and like I said, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, the friend who he owes a life debt to ratted him out. Right. And we're not surprised. I I saw that one coming a mile away. Ray Charles saw that one coming a mile away. (laughs) And... You know, and, and the thing is, Nick tried to warn him because, like, he was like, "Well, call Gaspar, and he'll, you know, he has a favor that he owes me. He'll have to go ahead and do this." And she was like, "That's not a good idea, Tyler. That's not a good idea." And he's because like, remember, he if you're bought, you're bought. And, and you know, she just knew automatically she, uh, based off of the type of person he was, that it wasn't a good idea to involve him in the situation. Exactly, and uh, <laughs> so. Of course, it gets to the point where uh, Brad and Gaspar start fighting. And because he's been beat down and he's bruised and he's, all this fun stuff, what happens? He's losing. And yeah. Gaspar's about to finish up. And Ovi comes downstairs. And he, you know that look when the two siblings are fighting and get caught by the parents? We're just playing. We're just playing. We're just playing. Because Gaspar has, like, uh, has Tyler down at this point. In his, in Full mount position about to do the killing blow. He has a, a spike on him and everything. And Ovi has the gun. And he's looking at him. And Gaspar gives him this look. Like, he drops the spike. He like, whoop. We just playing. We just playing. Remember, this is what special forces guys do. We wrestle in the middle of the night and cause a ruckus. This is what we do. Like, don't you play Madden in the middle of the night? You just jump up and tackle each other? That's what we do. And, of course, o- Ovi has to yeah. unalive this man right. because he saw what happens, and now he has blood on his hand. Right, and I, and I understand what you were saying, um, but also I kind of understood, too, what Tyler's purpose was for why he didn't. Because my brother, when he saw it, he said that why didn't Tyler just kill Gaspar before he took the last breath from Ovi's shots? And I think part of the reason was was because Tyler wanted him to know that this is the, that, the way that that life leads you. I think he... he thinks in his way that that might save him from going down the path that his father went down. No. No. <laughs> I think he just wasn't cognizant to do it. Honest to God. Well, that is true. He was kind of beaten down at the time, too. Remember, remember he couldn't even hug him like the, oh, I've got to take... It was so contrived. Well, and bad. at that point, both arms were almost bleeding anyway. He, he had reopened his wounds that just had recovered... And so, you know, he was he he wasn't in the best of shape to do anything anyway. Yeah. So and then from there, you know, they're trying to figure out how to extract. He's got to figure out how to bring the kid. And everybody's like, man, fuck that kid. We can bring you out. But we not. it's it's what it is. We got screwed with the money. And because of the fact that I'm going to go ahead and oh, uh, I'm going to make sure this, that and the third. I'm going to make sure he gets out safe and. Man, fuck your code of honor. This kid and got you going through shitty booty sewers. Right. Your your arm is fucked up. 
at this point, they don't think there's any way they're getting paid. And you are the one white man in a sea of brown. Everybody knows what you look like right now. You're right. telling me you're going to get out? Or, come on, man. I understand you the commando. and this, uh, What was the movie with Keenan Wayne's Low Down Dirty Shame? When the mm. city was after it? <laughs> yeah, the entire city. That That's basically what happened. Was uh was the guy that uh Amir the guy that was the uh the uh, drug lord over Bangladesh? He's like, I want every gun in Dhaka pointed at this man, and he showed a picture of Tyler and uh, Brad, <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, I want it all pointed at this man. And so Gasper knew that because he said, You know, you're pretty popular right now out there in them streets. <laughs> you know, basically, he for the streets. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, yeah, so it, it was one of those, at this point, we know we're just heading off for the huge, unnecessary confrontation. It's just one of those things. And the the, the bridge scene was kind of nice. I just, it took too long to culminate. I got what you're saying. But it it, it, it was at that point that they, they realized, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be the moment. And uh, it, it was the part where... Uh, uh, I'm, I can't remember what his name is, but also Saji. The, the major Dumo, the major Domo for, uh, for Ovi's father, India, um, for, for Omi's father, uh, uh, crime family. But um, what he said, Ovi, excuse me, not Omi. But but uh, it was at that point that he really also you know came out in order to at this point Tyler Saju gave, Saju he uh, Tyler gave Saju gave. Ovi to Saju and was like, here, I'm going to distract everybody. I'm going to pull everybody to me and y'all try to escape. Say it with me, Warcraft. I'm taking the aggro. <laughs> I'm taking the aggro. Yeah, so that's what he did. Uh, and and it worked for a little while until they realized Saju was the ugliest woman <laughs> that ever existed. Yeah. He went ahead and he tried to put a wrap around himself. It looked like a a, a, a very, very, <laughs> very, and, and remember, everybody's been beat up at this point of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So he's all. <laughs> you ever put a wig on a man and be like, "That's good enough," and like it's cocked to the side, and then you got a broken nose, black eye, like you, no makeup whatsoever. You just one of the soldiers went by and was like, "Wait." <laughs> <laughs> he had to stop. He was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and like I said, if you would have been in full garb, turban covering and whatnot, I'd have, that'd have been more believable. <laughs> but for you to just throw that wrap over your head and pretend that was good enough. Like, and look, if you are one of the people who know this, it back me up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> When you didn't do your science experiment, and now you got to run to the store, and your mama just threw an overcoat on and some socks and slippers because your little punk ass didn't do your Yeah, thing. exactly. That's what he looked like. That's what he looked like. It was just bad. But, you know, he was trying to go ahead and do the easiest thing to get him across the bridge so he can get to extraction. Didn't work out. You know, tried to fight through. And, like I said, the bridge fight was kind of nice. Yeah. Which fight was kind of nice. Uh, it, it, uh, a lot of characters, uh, they didn't make it into the sequel because of that bridge fight. Oh, no. The, all I heard was Chris, Chris Tucker. You ain't going to be in Rush Hour 3. You ain't going to be in Rush Hour 3. It <laughs> you was, ain't going to be. Oprah was just handing them out. You don't get to be in Rush Hour 3. You don't get to be. I mean, uh, there was a great uh, sniper versus sniper moment, too, 
in in there too. So uh, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't a sniper versus sniper moment. It was <laughs> sniper versus doesn't know there was another sniper. Because remember, we never knew the the colonel. Mm-hmm. We knew he was going to be a sniper because they'd get my rifle. Right. He did not know Nick was on the scene. Right. So yeah. it was not sniper versus sniper. And uh, uh, that's that's one thing that uh, that definitely um, I, I, you see more prolifically in the uh, in the next one is you see a, not a lot more of the twins. There's there's a, a brother and sister twin uh, group. Nick and Yaz, uh-huh. and so uh, you see them more in the sequel, but you don't really see them uh, as much in action. Although Nick does make quite a few saves uh, during this movie. <laughs> very, very few. I mean, she's the one that does what at the end of it all mm-hmm. kills the drug lord. I mean, right. so I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> drug lord goes to the urinal, then all of a sudden, this gorgeous woman pulls up with the the, the split that goes down the leg. Yeah, just oh. I want what you have to offer. Wait. <laughs> wait. Wait. <laughs> this is a urinal. Why are you here? Bam. One in the dome piece. Amen. And then she proceeded to Lana his ass and emptied the clip. And I'm like, oh, that's a receipt. <laughs> yes. So uh, the point being is that coming to it, extraction is a decent waste of time. You know what I mean? But understand this. It is just that a waste of time. You want to go ahead and <laughs> it's 1130 at night. You got to be up for 645. You just need to go ahead and watch something. You know, <laughs> you could put this on and, then you know, Netflix is going to say, are you still watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I'm going to go ahead and watch part two because part one, I don't believe <laughs> that he's supposed to survive from the shit that happened to him. I, I, you got a shot in the neck, <laughs> fight club style. Shot in the chest too, because remember he couldn't breathe at the end of that. Yeah, <laughs> you you know you got you took a nice hand to hand scene. You got hit by a truck. Saju got hit by a truck, but he's dead already. <laughs> and you telling me he's gonna rec- come on, bro? But remember, uh, like I said, we we just saw the beginning of the the second movie, and uh, and in the beginning of the second movie, you see he has all kinds of freaking injuries from the first movie. He 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 can't walk. He can barely like move his arm in order to write. He's got a stone cold brace on one of his legs. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the arm brace on the other one. And which he has punches him in the bad arm. <laughs> I'd have slapped the piss out of him. <laughs> and then you give me an ugly shirt. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait to catch you down bad. Some oh, that's that drove. That's that drove. So yeah, I definitely um and, and most of Netflix apparently agrees with me. Uh it it is definitely one that I, I'd say it, at least to check out a little bit and I think you'll probably stick with it after you do. But uh I'm only see this is the part that's gonna be bad for me. I gotta watch the second one mm-hmm. with without you so that we can be ready to record next week. I'm not <laughs> looking forward to this. Cause I'm gonna be fussing the whole way through. I, I'm I'm pretty sure you'll uh, let me put it like this. Um, you'll enjoy the second one better than the first one. You will. I'm going to put it like this. I enjoyed watching Nerf John Wick, and I think I'm going to enjoy that more. Nerf John Wick? In turn, put it in the notes. Okay. All right. So uh, with that being said, brother, I think it's closing time. I don't disagree. I just don't want to have to go through any sort of
Thank you for listening to the Benchmark Podcast, a product of Benchmark Media, LLC, where we always attempt to establish a positive benchmark. We would like to remind everyone that the views and opinions expressed are strictly the views and opinions of each individual, and those views do not reflect the stance of Benchmark Media. Any opinion stated is not to be construed as professional advice or help. Please contact a professional for any help you may require. We would like to thank all of our guests for today and also for contributions of our listening family. Remember to contact us at the Real Benchmark Podcast at gmail.com or www.therealbenchmarkpodcast.com. Or you can follow us on social media, Facebook, or Instagram. And if you'd like to be a friend of the show, you can donate to us on our PayPal. You can give me a drink. All rights reserved by Benchmark Media, LLC.